Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Hawks Postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight you won't find anywhere, but right here at Locked On, I am your host, Denitra Batiste, and alongside me is Deshaun Tate. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And of course, our Locked On Hawks postcast is part of the Locked On Hawks or Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Deshaun, the Hawks were looking for their fifth win in a row, and they fell just short. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about whether or not injuries and the result tonight might make some things shift between now and Thursday. We'll talk about that in the and one. And things are going to look a little different in Indy for the All-Star game. We'll talk about that and who got next. But, of course, first, we got to give you T&T's takes on a 149-144 loss by the Hawks to the Clippers tonight. Tate, you had a take where you said, you know what? There are no moral victories, but this kind of was close to one. Yeah. You know what? I always, I typically don't like to say this because I'm not a big moral victories person. Even though a lot of people say that they're not, I really feel like they are secretly. They just don't want to say it because they don't want to be that person. Um, And I just don't really believe in moral victories. But this is the one time I do feel like if there's ever a time that a moral victory should be accepted or acceptable, Um, this is the one, you know, I always tell people all the time, I'm always going to give credit to where if there's just a more, you know, a better team, a more talented team on paper, on the court, whatever, a more superior team. Um, and they win confidently. I can learn to be okay with that. I can live with that as long as my team fights as long as they show some pride as long as they don't just you know just just happen to just lay down as long as they compete i can be okay with that but for a team like the los angeles clippers that shot almost 60 percent from the field did shoot 60 percent from three and just seems like they were just making every shot as even making the shots that they wanted to miss on purpose. If there was a such thing, even those went in, God forbid they ever had to go to the free throw line and shoot a shot where you had to kind of miss off the back iron just to get a rebound because you needed a two instead of that one free throw that one ended up going in as well. So, um, on a night like this and, and and the Hawks have been playing some really good caliber um, teams and opponents as of late a, a, as well. And uh, after starting off on an 11 zero run, I think they have found a way to get themselves, you know, back into the game, considering all the circumstances and the injuries to a big player. Indeed. Yeah. Going down by 13 and then battling back with that eight Oh run in the second half, second quarter. So that they went to halftime with a tie and only being down one in the third quarter. That's how you end up, getting a game this close where even with about 20 seconds or so seconds left, there was still an opportunity for the Hawks to possibly get a win. It just didn't kind of eke out that way. But when I thought about this, it's so funny because, you know, we have our conversations in pre-production before we get the show started. And I said, oh, my. And this was before you and I talked about your take. I said, I think I'm pulling a page from Tate's book on how I do <laughs> this win. Oh, my God. And I said, just what we said in our tease, the Hawks played to win, and they almost did because this one 
this one was close. I mean, when you look at every category, it could have gone either team's way, whether it, feel, it was field goal percentage. Like you said, obviously a little bit of a decided edge from the three-point line for the Clippers, but then the Hawks were able to offset that a bit inside, mm-hmm. just not enough. And of course, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the and one. But yeah, I love what you said. You're talking about two teams that both had their season best when it came to their three-point percentage. And that's one of the things I've kind of liked about the Hawks. They're starting to actually make the blueprint that Quinn laid out pay dividends. He told you, Mm -hmm. this is what he was Mm -hmm. going to do. We are Mm -hmm. going to shoot threes. And not only are we going to shoot threes, but, you know, it's the shooter's going to shoot mentality. So you keep shooting, you keep shooting. And now it's almost like if we don't see Onyeka Okongu make at least one three. I know. (laughs) I know. Did we see two of them tonight? I think it was. Or we've been seeing a lot of this lately. I feel like I better hurry up and get my life right uh, before the (laughs) the sky cracks and then I get taken away. (laughs) I know, right? Before Jesus comes back riding on the crowd. Yes, yes. He absolutely had two of two. So now, and that's what I like about him, too. He's not a big man who's trying to force that. Yeah just for the sake of it he really is measured and when he takes his threes so i love that part but yeah i think this is one of those games where no we don't have to be in here saying you know deshaun it was a good game the hawks really tried no and and that we're just you know kind of like bsing you guys or trying yeah no it was real this was a game like this Mm -hmm. was a battle this was maybe even and in a different way obviously Mm -hmm won the Saturday game against the Warriors where they did win in overtime. But this one was a battle where you knew that this was going to be the toughest of the games because in the homestand because the Clippers are the team that came in with only three losses since like December. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. We're in February now, right? So mm-hmm. you know this was going to be the toughest battle. But you and I also talked about the fact that if we could see this team get to a point in place where they walked away from the homestand at least 500, we feel like it was a successful homestand. Also, Mm -hmm. we'll talk about this a little bit more in the end once, I don't want to deep dive into it too much, but Mm -hmm. we also talked about what that looked like and the fact that in the games, even when they lost, it was what we wanted to see. Like, did we see what we wanted to see individually and collectively? And I felt Mm -hmm. like that's absolutely what we got out of this game. So yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that with this game, honestly, Deshaun, this might be either... I don't know if it's the first time I'm saying this this season, but I think it's the first time in a very long time because I think you and I gave a lot of grace in the mm-hmm. beginning when yep. we would say, hey, that's a tough loss, but you know that one we can see the effort. We see the team kind of trying to come together and gel. This one, this is a more legitimate moral. I'm not, I, I refuse to call it moral victory because like you mm-hmm. said, that's very cliche-ish and that's, I'm, I'm not pansying with mm-hmm. that comment. I'd rather call this, this is a quality effort. This was a quality mm-hmm. night out that just didn't see all the balls kind of fall the Hawks way. But mm-hmm. this is what I'm looking for if you want me to have some serious conversation about, okay, okay, Hawks. All right, mm-hmm. if you guys want to take advantage of a few things that are kind of happening in the middling to bottom section of the Eastern Conference and you want to start looking like you want to fight to get back in it, okay, then let's talk. Let's see this. Let's see this a night in a night out. Because nine times out of ten, Deshaun, or eight times or six times out of ten, we'll see this be a win versus a loss when you see this kind of effort. 
Of course, especially when you score, you know, we talked about how well um, the Clippers shot, you know, from three and yeah. from the field. But it's not very often that the Hawks are going to go 50% from both of those areas on the floor and lose as well. Um, you know, we can we can describe what moral victory looks like and sounds like, you know, uh, until the cows come home. But the reality is just that it felt like a win without it actually being a win. Like I felt like this is the closest thing to a win that you could get, especially against a team like this, who is not, you know, just a pushover team. This is the one of the best teams in the West. It's one of the best teams in the NBA. They were completely healthy for the most part on tonight. They played all their guys from California. You're Russ, you're Kawhi, you're PG, you're James Harden, you're this, you're that. Everybody play. And I mean, you're without Capella. DeAndre Hunter's not a hundred percent. We know that Sadiq Bay is probably, Probably not 100%. Don't know that for sure. But of all of these different things, like I think you still just have to factor in that we love to see the effort. And I think that that's the most impressive thing we can say about this team. And it didn't just come from anywhere. It didn't come from out of midair. It also didn't feel like this was a team that was just toying with the Hawks either. This is also a Hawks team that has been playing really good basketball as of late. Something that's certainly hope, um, you know, certain that we certainly hope as Hawks fans and diehard Hawks nation can get used to. Yes, and we'll talk a little bit more about it in the end one because there's one guy who got them to this point and there's another guy where they don't get him back anytime soon. They may have to figure out how to get somebody to help get him there. We'll talk about it on the other side in the end one. This episode of our Locked on Hawks postcast is brought to you by LinkedIn and brought to you by BetterHelp. Now, when we think about the job market, right, and you think about, whoa, you're looking around, you're looking around, and you're wondering how, as a small business, to find quality professionals that are right for the role, well, you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs because LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Now, LinkedIn just isn't another job board. There's a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which, hey, I love my job, but I am a part of LinkedIn, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process very easy, and it is intuitive. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidates within, get this, 24 hours of posting. So LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and just might not have the time or resources to hire. So LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making that process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses are using LinkedIn for hire. You should too. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. And as I mentioned, we are also brought to you by better help. Now think about this guys. We are roughly a week into the second month of 2024, right? And you're thinking to yourself, hopefully it's been positive for you so far, but what if you're kind of discouraged a bit because you've set, I don't know, resolutions or maybe goals that within a month's time, you're just not making any progress. Well, better help can help you with that. It's one of those therapy opportunities that can be different because it's really suited to you. It's an opportunity for you to get help virtually. And that's really cool because if you think about it, we here in Atlanta, we do a whole lot of driving, right? And so we don't have a whole lot of time to sit on the couch, as it were, 
but virtually we can actually do that and we can get the help that we might need. So if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Again, it's entirely online. It's designed to be flexible and it's designed to be suited to your schedule. And we need, we all know, we need the opportunity to get some things off of our chest too. This is where you can relax, relate, and release. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on MBA to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on NBA. All right, Deshaun, we're talking about these Hawks and how they just missed, man, just missed getting a win here with the 149-144 loss to the Clippers, but still a win of sorts on Monday for this team because really and truly it was a team effort, but it was led by number 11, who became the first player since Wayne Wade to average at least 30 points, 10 assists on 50, 60, and 70% shooting splits over a three-game span. That three-game span also marked a 3-0 stretch for the Hawks. And that, of course, we're talking about Trey Young, who was named Eastern Conference Player of the Week for the games played from January 29th, of course, to February 4th. But yeah, he absolutely went on a tear. And his numbers, to be exact, 31 points averaged per game, 11.3 assists, 1.7 steals in just under 40 minutes. How about that from 11? I'll tell you what, Tanitra. Um, you know, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention also the fact that on tonight he also passed Mookie Blaylock yeah. for most uh, assists, second to most really? assists, yeah. rather, right behind Doc Rivers um, for in franchise history. So, yeah. you know, let's wake that up as well. Um, I don't know. I, I think this might be the only time anybody will ever hear me say this after, you know, Trey Young has been kind of tearing it up the way he has. But mm-hmm. um Maybe we should leave Trey Young off of the all-star consideration more often. I feel like maybe that's the, maybe that's what I'm going with right now. Um, as much as I don't like to say that, I, I, I do like the, the end result just like that much result. more. Yeah. And you know what? You know what's funny about that is um, I have a really good feeling. Let's just put it that way. That if it's going to result in more wins, then you know, and ultimately get us closer to you know the the end goal that we uh, that we ultimately want, then Trey Young would probably trade that in as well instead of the individual accolades, so that he could bring a, a champion, you know, have a championship ring and bring one back to the city. But um, you know, great job obviously by him he's also you know in the nba ranks in terms of three-point shooting he's at the top of that list learned that on tonight because i'm not sure i knew uh, what all that had entailed as well um and this has just been a big part of his career remember the important part of all of this especially when you're considering the fact that he didn't make the all-stars a lot of that disappointment came from this being his first season where he was just as developed as he is making the difference on the defensive end we saw that on tonight it wasn't just the steal against kd at one point or the steal against this one or that one i mean he did the same thing on tonight the guy's still stepping in there and drawing charges stepping in between yep. passing lanes and making a difference and making yep. other people when you have a guard and someone who's a smaller body stature and things of that nature who's out there going out there and sacrificing their body and stuff like that it's making other people want to go out there and follow suit you know and run through a brick wall for you as well so i think that all of those things is good and if i'm just being honest i gotta give credit a little bit obviously to him you know as the person that's putting forth that effort but 
also to Quinn Snyder, who I'm not sure if anybody, you know, it wasn't that long ago, Tanisha, that we were saying, if Trey Young ain't going to listen to nobody and change the way he play, who will he listen to? Yeah. Well, it looks like we found the person that, you know, he can take under that wing and, and, and get him to uh, kind of follow suit. Indeed. And it may not hurt his cause in addition to getting this nod as Eastern Conference Player of the Week to have Steph Curry drop a little commentary on those social media streets a couple nights ago. So who knows? We're still about a week and a half away. So I wouldn't be surprised if we hear some little birdies kind of whispering and chirping, mm-hmm. saying, hey, your boy mm-hmm. is actually going to Indy. Now, Clint mm-hmm. Capella and Onyeka Okongwu, when we think back to a monster night on Saturday night to get that Warriors win, and we're taking it back and we're going to bring it forward, guys, but we think about that. Trey had a monster night. DeJounte, as I like to say, it was the most silent and loud 19 points all at one time. But Clint Capella and Onyeka Okongwu, it was loud. You heard the 39 points. You heard the 31 rebounds combined. Then we got the news Sunday. The CC got injured. It was a left adductor strain. He's going to be out for probably about a week before they'll even begin to evaluate him coming back, right? Now, Double O played and held his own obviously points wise because he was on the high end of those points Saturday. Clint was on the high end of the rebounds and then, you know, vice versa, but O held his own even tonight, but it was one of those things where you took a weapon away from the second unit. So 18 points, good, but five rebounds, you kind of needed a little bit more from him in that department. That could have been, you know, kind of like the differential as well, but Mm -hmm. it just kind of reminds me, As we know, we're three days away from this trade deadline, Tate. And do you see this? Well, three, not just that CC injury, but you're also looking at a DeAndre Hunter who's moving closer to 100%. But we know sometimes Dre will get close to 100 and we'll be like, dang, Dre had a setback. So I'm a little nervous about whether or not he's back back. And then Sadiq Bey, I thought would be out for more than one game, and he came back tonight. So that said, now you're looking at one player you know for sure is out for a week who could have a lingering injury issue for the rest of the season. Two players who, especially that Dre, it could go yeah. back and forth. Is this pushing the Hawks to maybe think about making that move before the trade deadline Thursday? Because now they're actually in a position to make some moves as it relates to going up the standing? I think there's a possibility. I think it all ultimately it's just going to depend on, um, you know, who that player is, you know, that is available. Um, if it can all make sense to a degree and you don't have to feel like you're giving up everything uh, just to get a little something back, even though that little something back will be fulfilling a need. But if you're taking away from somewhere else, um, then you could really, you know, you maybe didn't necessarily win that trade. Um I think that there's, you know, a lot of layers to that onion specifically, and especially when you're talking about, you know, we've had these same conversations, maybe not necessarily within the last two games, but in most cases, you have a Clint Capella who is offensively limited, if we're just being honest, and Oyeka Okongu who is consistently inconsistent a lot of times. Um, If we could just get what we've gotten from those two guys within the last one or two games, then we have a different conversation. But over the last few years, we haven't been able to. So it doesn't make sense to think that that would change anytime soon until we can see that consistently happen. I think that they do. The the reason that part of the reason why it is such a tough decision to make to Nietzsche is because we're starting to see this team kind of. We were starting to see this team kind of get healthy all at the right time. And then that's when they started stringing together these wins and winning some of these games. Right. And that's what made it tough. 
Um, but even when you talk about somebody like a DeAndre Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, you know, facetiously speaking only, um, probably injured himself accepting the game ball tonight for crying out loud. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's good for him, but I don't really know what I'm going to get from him on the next game. Um, Nonetheless, if he still remains in a Hawks uniform or not, regardless of anything in between, I said what I said on the last podcast. I think he should be coming off the bench no matter what. He's bringing that spark. There's never been anybody that's ever challenged him for this starting position. Never a herder, never a reddish, never a bogey, never a bay, never a nobody. And I think that that kind of puts a little bit of chip on his shoulder and makes him go out there and, and, and bring a different kind of energy to this team on the second string. Yeah, well, whatever it is that you can get out of Dre, you hope. But it with them finally getting to a point in place where they're actually looking like they're about to make some noise, I mm-hmm. think that Landry Field has some serious things to consider and probably is back on these phones in these next 72 hours. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we'll talk about what's next. Hawks are hitting the road and going to be a little, little different in Indy next week. We'll talk about it on the other side. This episode of our Locked On Postcast is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Well, it is finally here. Super Bowl week is upon us. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is a pretty cool thing. It could be the game itself, which I'm actually going to be into the game, watching the game to kind of see whether or not this is going to be a continuation of the Chiefs dynasty and who's going to win this game in the trenches or will the 49ers finally get over the hump and get this Super Bowl win. But it's also about food where I probably am going to head. There's a guy that, man, oh, man, he makes a mean brisket. It's our guy, Jarvis Davis, by the way. Anyway, other people love the commercials. But whatever the case may be, a lot of people could win a lot of money next week. So FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. So new customers, join today and you'll get $200 off bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Again, that's $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Final stretch. Boy, I tell you, those allergies try to kick in at the most inopportune times, but we're going to get through these last couple of minutes because we got to talk a little bit about the Hawks heading back on the road to take on the Celtics Wednesday. Of course, they're taking on the Sixers Friday. And it's one of those things where normally when you and I talk keys to the game, we talk about inter- keys in terms of wins and losses. But I think here it's not just about the wins and losses. It's really more about what you look to see out of this team. They're facing a Celtics team that's number one in the East. They've, they're seven and three these last 10 games. They're facing a Sixers team that's going to drop to five. Obviously, with the loss of Joel Embiid and the lineup, they're five and five in their last 10. But what do you look to see from these Hawks when they hit the road Wednesday? Um, I just want to see the same effort. The, a lot of the things that's not going to show up in the, on the on the box score or the stat sheet. Um, would it be nice to see them get out and uh, you know uh, out in transition and have more fast break points the way that they were closer to the beginning of the season? Of course. Um, 
you know, I, I'm always probably usually going to start things with talking about, you know, making free throws because sometimes those just when they happen, they just happen at the wrong moment. But they've been doing a very good job yeah. of not turning the ball over at a high clip, mm-hmm. um, but really just bringing that energy, you know, like they've been bringing and having that chip on their shoulder because mm-hmm. we've been seeing what they've been able to do on this home streak. Let's not forget. Yeah. Their best brand of basketball typically doesn't even happen at home. So if yeah, they can build upon, if we can build upon, you know, what we've seen them do at home already and kind of keep the same juice that we've seen them have on the road. Um, I think that that's, you know, another thing. And just sometimes it's okay to play with house money. Sometimes it's okay to not be, you know, they're not the team with all the pressure on them. That is the Boston Celtics. And so you owe the Celtics a little bit of get back as well from last year's playoffs and what have you. Um, and we've even seen the Hawks go in there and win some games um, in, in Boston as well. So I think it's just good to kind of remember those things, not overthink that you don't have Clint or this or that. Let's just try and more so focus on and perfect and, you know, those types type of things on on the things that you do have available at your disposal when it comes to the game against Boston and against Philly for that matter. Right. And I'll give the caveat that when it comes to the Lakers, they were playing Houston coming here on a back-to-back. And so they got smoked by the Hawks, but then they went to Boston and smoked the Celtics. So Mm -hmm. that tells me that there's some vulnerabilities there that you can potentially take advantage of. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to see from the Hawks. I want to see them say, okay, we saw the blueprint in a team that we were able to, get a win over let's see how we can actually do that again and I think with the Sixers you have an opportunity where the kind of the beast in the middle you got him taken out now granted Tyrese Maxey is still Tyrese Maxey but Mm -hmm. overall you're also playing a better brand of basketball than you were playing the last time you saw the Sixers so what I'm looking to kind of see as well with that game is do we get to see the result of that like do we get to see the result of a Hawks team that's playing better than they did and granted when you look at the Sixers game you know when you go back and look at the game on November 17th only lost by 10 points got a little bit well as much of the same on December 8th when unfortunately they lost again but you beat them on January 10th Mm -hmm. you beat them in overtime Mm -hmm. by seven points so Mm -hmm. what I'm saying is Every time you you faced them, you figured out a little bit more, a little bit more about what you could do against them. They're they're 500 in their last mm-hmm. 10 games. So you've actually had a better stretch, capitalize on those things and see if you can't come away from the roads with at least a split of the series, if not 2-0. Wouldn't be shocked, wouldn't be shocked either way. They are playing some solid basketball. Finally, we know that we're about a week away from All-Star Weekend and we hear from ESPN that, hey, there will be a an LED glass court for some of the All-Star Weekend events. So we're talking about like the skills challenges and the three-point contest and the like. I just think that's such a funky concept, a glass basketball court. Are you here for it? Um, I don't have much of a choice. As long as it's basketball, I'm always going to be here for it. To be honest, I'm more of a traditionalist anyways, if I'm just being honest, but, um, I guess, you know, what comes along with change is just something that we have to kind of accept. I'm okay with this being a one-time thing just to see if it works. I'm typically fine with that. I might try anything just once, maybe in most cases, but Outside of that, I, I'm not sure if I want to make it like a long-term thing where I want to see it every year. Yeah, because I will admit, when you look at the skills competitions, they give you more bang for your buck anyway, so we don't yeah, need so much pop in, for circumstance mm-hmm. for those. 
shows. Listen, we appreciate you guys as always for stopping by the Locked on Hawks postcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And of course, for more on the Hawks, check out our guy, Brad Roland on Locked on Hawks. We will see you Wednesday night postcast for Hawks Celtics.